Welcome to today's episode. We'll be talking about switching careers and what it's like to be a content creator with Taylor Lynn. And the episode starts in three, two, one. Hello everyone, I'm Diana. And I'm Naomi. And this is Girls Just Want to Thrive. It's a lifestyle podcast where we talk to women who are thriving not only in their careers, but in life. We'll discuss current and relevant topics in beauty, wellness, dating and relationships, and self-care. We would love for you to join our new community for uplifting women from all walks of life. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to be the first to hear new episodes every week. everyone today we have a guest she's a marketer and also a content creator taylor lynn taylor welcome thank you so much both for having me so before we dive into your content creation and your job can you tell us a little bit about yourself like where did you go to school what your discipline is and how you even got into marketing and then into content creating Absolutely. Um, So I am a marketer based in San Francisco, California. Um, I've lived here for about three years. um, And I went to Vanderbilt University. um, Great school. (laughs) Highly recommend it. Um, Great experiences there. Um, I actually was not a marketing major. We didn't have a marketing specific major. So um, my major was film and history of art. And um, as far as how I got into marketing with that kind of a different uh, path and a different degree, um, I did start out in not in marketing right after college. And um, it took a little bit of time to transition like a few years after college to transition into marketing, which is what I really wanted to do. Yes. So what were the jobs before marketing like that made you want to transition into that marketing field? Yes. um, My first job after college was as an art teacher for elementary school for kindergarten through third grade. Um, It was a really great experience. Um, However, uh, when I graduated, I knew I wanted to work in marketing. Um, But at least in my experience, it was very difficult to get your foot into the door um, as a new grad and... um, it's a very, it's a pretty difficult industry to get into, I feel, because a lot of the positions um, list as three to five mm-hmm. years of experience, even yeah. for an entry level. Yeah. I don't understand how jobs do that. How can you have three to five experience, but then you're applying for an entry level position coming out of school when you don't have the experience? It's frustrating. <laughs> so what do you like about marketing? Like what drew you to it? Yeah, um, I did take a a single marketing class in college. Um, I had an amazing professor. We did a lot of group projects and um, I just felt like I was really drawn to it. It felt natural. It felt easy and it felt really fun. Um, After looking into the marketing careers and the different avenues, there's basically different careers in marketing that are aimed to more analytical people on like the growth marketing side and then also to more creative people on 
um, the content creation side. So I felt like that would be a really great avenue for me as I'm also a creative in my free time. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a great transition into um, that avenue, that more creative side of marketing. That's awesome. Can you tell us about now going into your content creation about cosmic content and what it all covers? Absolutely. Cosmic content is a newsletter revolving around uh, pop culture, beauty, lifestyle, and some wellness trends. Um, It typically comes out every Monday. However, I'm moving to a monthly schedule, so one one per month. Um, But we've talked about a lot of different topics. I think my first one was um, HBO's Euphoria. I've also talked about Barbie and Barbie's impact on young girls and what they think about different careers. Um, So a lot of just women-focused content revolving around these different trends. Love that. That that exactly aligns with what our podcast is all about. So we're definitely going to have to check into some of those newsletters for sure. And what do you find yourself writing about most? For sure, beauty and fashion trends are super fun for me. I am a user of YouTube and Instagram as a millennial woman. So I feel like just every month or every couple weeks, you can see some different trends that are popping up or that are super popular. Um, Some really big ones are like throwback fashion. So obviously 90s fashion is like it won't go away at this point. Um, Also 70s fashion, we've got some 80s fashion as well. So a lot of those things you can really easily see on Pinterest, YouTube and Instagram right now. Very cool. And how can people sign up for your newsletters? Is it through your website or do we go on your socials? Yes, you can go on to my website. It's www.taylorlin.com. And then there's a sign up bar at the top. Uh, Otherwise, you can also find me on Instagram at cosmic underscore cacti. And I have a link there as well to sign up for it. And you can read the past issues as well on my website if you want to get a feel for what kind of topics I've talked about. So what made you choose to want to write and publish those newsletters? I mean, other than just scrolling on Pinterest and Instagram and um, liking those different types of trends and um, types of lifestyle blogs and things, what what made you want to actually write something and publish it yourself? Yeah. um, Last year, actually, I was wanting to pivot into more of a content type marketing role. Um, more of a specialist role for content, um, content creation, content strategy. And when I decided that I wanted to do that, I started, first of all, writing on medium.com about these different trends, more from a data perspective. Um, And then after that, I decided I wanted to showcase some more of my email marketing skills on my resume as well and decided to start this project. So technically, I would be um, a little bit of an entrepreneur there, um, as I'm the only person working on uh, the newsletter. Wow, that's a lot for one person. It is a lot. Um, I do all of the marketing for it. I do all of the writing, um, all of that. So but it's definitely fun. And I think it's a good addition to my resume. Yeah, absolutely. Really cool. So how has that changed with now being in quarantine versus getting to go out and about and see the storefronts and and different marketing and um, 
insights that you can add to your newsletter? How has that changed? Yes. Um, I would say we actually are on a break from the newsletter and we, I have been since the start of quarantine. The last edition was about mental health and mental health resources as I felt like a lot of people were struggling and a lot of people were turning to social media a lot, especially as they were spending a lot more time at home. So um, I encourage readers to take time offline and um, not be checking for the newsletter during the quarantine season. Uh, we are going to be back this coming Monday with a new edition. Um, and as far as trends, I still think that the quarantine and coronavirus does still impact trends. So I've been seeing people are still caring about spring fashion, even though we're not going outside. Um, and more than ever, people are buying plants as well. Um, so that's going to be our next edition is going to be talking about um, how plants are impacting fashion um, right now. So. Awesome. Awesome. Um, how do you balance your career with doing this cosmic content and then also having time for yourself? To balance my career with these side projects that I have, I try to make sure that the projects are limited in scope and I try to make them replicable. So for the newsletter, every issue has a template that I follow. So it's pretty easy to plug in the information and send it out as well as being able to replicate the templates. And I do try to schedule them ahead of time when I can too, so that it's not super stressful and I'm doing it at the last minute. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I'm, I'm a big time organizer and I love to make to-do lists and prioritizations. So sounds like you're right up that alley. <laughs> and you said you're on Medium, that outlet? Yes, the platform medium.com. I also write on there. Okay, cool. Now, how does that work? Is it like free or do you sign up and just post whatever content? Any new writer can sign up for free for the platform and they do offer a paid subscription for readers so that you can read more than five articles per month on there. And as a writer, you're able to monetize as soon as you write your first article. So I did make a small amount of money from my writing there last year. And I think my articles from Medium had somewhere between 15,000 and 20,000 wow. reads uh, in the last year. That's really good. That's awesome. Thank you. So then does Medium encompass any sort of writing topics in general or is it limited to a certain genre? Yes, they do allow writing on almost any topic. Um, I'm writing in topics such as beauty or fashion. I'm writing in startup and I'm writing in the marketing subtopic as well. Um, it's a really, really great platform. And I think they really try to reward the writers. You're very busy. I mean, wow. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> How do you handle it all? Like besides what you said earlier, like what do you do for self-care to, you know, relax and like just not have anything to do in order to relax and take care of myself so that I can do my best work in my professional life and my uh, personal projects. I meditate every single day, once or twice a day, just for between 10 and 15 minutes. And I also try to do yoga every night before I go to sleep, even if it's a shorter yoga and I'm doing it 
on my bed right before I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's just very important to decompress before you go to bed. Otherwise, you're going to take all those those worries and the things that are running in the back of your mind when you go to bed and you're not going to get restful sleep. And then it's just a vicious cycle. Now, you said you meditate in the morning. Can you tell us more about like your day in the life? Like before you go to work, what do you do? And then you're at work. And then what happens afterwards? Is this during quarantine or normal times? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, During normal times, I guess, because I believe things will get back to normal, at least praying. Yes, I hope as so as well. During a work day during the week, um, I do try to wake up and pretty much as soon as I wake up, I'm typically doing journaling or listening to some kind of affirmations on YouTube um, just to have a positive start to the day. So as well with the journaling, it's like positivity and affirmation journaling just to start the day on the right foot. I try to have a smoothie or maybe some avocado toast, something like that, and um, then head out to work, which is uh, downtown, not too far. Um, And during the day as well at work, I am actually leaving my desk and either going outside or going into a meeting room so that I can meditate during lunch by myself. And this is forcing me to take a break and not think about work. I typically feel like the whole day at work, I'm on the go or thinking about work. And I'm a lot of the time, it's really hard to make yourself step away and relax for a few minutes. Yes, it is true. I find myself even with this podcast, it's hard for me to like not work so hard on it and then go get away from it and just relax for a little bit. So I'm definitely learning from your routine. I enjoy meditation too. So what apps do you use for meditation? I have two really great ones that I recommend to every single person I speak to. The first is called Tap In Meditation. It is a live meditation teacher every day at 12 p.m. PST. So you're meditating with people around the world and you have a live meditation teacher who's meeting with you. That's super cool that they do live meditation versus just the preset like apps or modules that you can select. Hmm. I love it. I try to base my lunchtime around being able to tap in with everyone in that community. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the other app is called Balance. Right now, I think it's free for a year for everyone due to COVID. So that app is more like on demand where they have the pre-recorded meditations, but the best part is they have a whole section of singles. So they have one even for like to listen to while you're commuting. They have one for procrastination, one for motivation, one for creativity, another one for gratitude. And so they have a single for nearly any emotion or situation that you might have during your day. Yeah, I'm going to have to download both of those and check them out right after this. (laughs) So what do you have tips for people who want to become content creators? Like, it's not something you can just dive in and quit your job and do, obviously, but you had a good cushion with the 15,000 readers last month. So how can people like get into it? Yes, that is a great question. Um, At least for the kind of independent content creation that I do. 
Um, a lot of these projects, they're not necessarily generating a lot of revenue. Um, and I luckily have my regular full-time job. Um, so I'm not dependent on them. I would say that the main thing is to start as soon as you can and start now with most content, especially written content, it actually gains more traction over time um, as more people share it. So I would say that's the big thing. And then also to like have confidence in your content and to be producing things that you're really proud of. Great advice. Yes, very good advice. Um, so in your real job, your marketing type job, what is a normal day like or what are your projects like that you work on for there? Yes, um, for my day job, I am the head of marketing at an early stage startup in San Francisco. And I am the only marketing hire right now. So I am doing all of the marketing, which is really great. And I'm learning a lot. Um, my responsibilities include content creation for social media, as well as some content writing for our blog. I'm also doing um, paid ads on various platforms, and also like working really heavily with our legal team, our product team, as we're still very small and growing. Right. But it sounds like there's a good bit of crossover on the front end when it comes to the creative side of the marketing that helps helps lend into your newsletters and your different posts and writings. Yes, absolutely. Now, how do you balance it all with and have a relationship? Yes, uh, I definitely, I think when I meet a new man and I tell them about how I have my tech job and I have like countless other projects that I'm working on with people or by myself, um, they always... They, they are often like, wow, you seem really busy. I actually feel like I have plenty of free time. I feel like I have plenty of time to have a significant other in my life. Um, however, obviously right now with uh, like the quarantine and shelter in place, it's not really easy to date, of course. But um, in general, I think it's been interesting dating people here in the city and getting to know a lot of different people from different backgrounds. Cool. Are you originally from San Francisco or where are you from? I am from Monterey, California, which is about three hours south of here. So I believe you mentioned to us earlier that prior to your marketing job, you had done a handful of other jobs or a sprinkle of other jobs beforehand. What is it like to shift between jobs and uh, mentally prepare for like interviewing for new jobs or any of the, I don't know if you received any like judgment from people of previous generations of shifting jobs. I just want to pick your brain on that. I definitely don't have a linear career path. And I feel like when I'm uh, networking with other women who are in tech or in business, many of the most successful women, especially at like a VP or CMO type level, when you look at their career paths, they a lot of the times they didn't start out in marketing, maybe they started out in sales or operations. And probably in a different industry, I think in this day and age, it's really common for people to especially switch between industries. And at least for me, when I'm when I would be preparing for these interviews uh, for a career switch or an industry switch, I would always try to relate my past experience into the new experience. So 
always having a reason why they're linked together and how they're similar or common in any way at all. Yeah. So it's almost like having those um, small portions of experience at different companies makes you into almost like a a more well-rounded professionally. I would definitely agree with that. And many people that I meet with who are higher up in marketing, they as well say that when they're hiring, they're looking for people who can learn a new industry or learn a new company really quickly because a lot of the time you need to come in to the marketing organization within the company and just start doing marketing. And there's not as much onboarding as you would typically expect. So the main thing that they're looking for is a desire to learn on your own and by yourself and just the ability to innovate and think of new ideas like off the cuff, basically. Right. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. Would you would you say that's one of the biggest challenges for your marketing position? And what would be one of the biggest challenges with your content creation side? Yeah, I think a big challenge with going into any kind of new marketing position for me has been spending that first one to three months understanding the industry, understanding who we're selling to, and understanding Mm -hmm. what needs we're meeting of those customers or potential customers. And that's something that definitely takes time as you just start doing the marketing and seeing what's working and what's not working. You start getting some more insights on that, but it's a process that you can't rush. And for the content creation side, I think the biggest challenge with that is um, not pushing myself to try to do too much and making sure that I'm checking in with myself. If I'm not feeling like I want to work, work on my projects after my normal day job, that's perfectly okay. um, Because I definitely need to rest and just always checking in with myself and seeing how I'm feeling. And these projects that I do on the side, they're really for myself at the end of the day. So I would like to be able to enjoy the process of completing them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what are your goals for your future in terms of your career and then also cosmic content? What are your goals? Is your goal to like not have to do this job and focus more on cosmic content or do you want to do both? My goal is definitely to stay within tech. And I think that's my first and foremost goal is to be able to get myself to a place where I'm at like a VP or CMO level of a much larger company eventually. Um, That's definitely my dream is to be able to lead a team and help a lot on the innovation side of marketing and strategy and leading a much larger marketing department. And Mm -hmm. as far as cosmic content, I definitely want to continue doing that as it's a passion project for me. It's very much fun. And it's fun to have a platform where I can talk about these things that I care about. Love that. So then what quick tips or tricks can you give to the listeners on how to create or take those steps to becoming, like you said, the VP or um, the top dog of whatever career path you're in? Yes, that is um, a good question. I definitely am on the path there. I think I'm in the middle of the path. So it's going to be interesting um, for me to hear what I would answer to that maybe in like 10 years, um, if if when I've achieved that. But for now, I would say the main advice that I would give is to always be focused on learning. 
um, outside of work. That's going to be the most important thing. And then also um, always be focused on how you can add value and meet other people in your industry or just in your profession, such as, you know, other marketing professionals or other women in marketing or other women in tech. I have met some really amazing women. I think those are the kinds of things that really add value when you spend time on them outside of work. Yeah. So are there different networking events or or groups that you're in to network with other women to empower each other? Yes. A big one that I absolutely adore is called Tech Ladies, and it's a Facebook group. They also have a job board for women in tech. It's a really, really inclusive space. And on there, we're able to talk about a lot of different issues that women in tech face. And it's um, everyone's very trustworthy. It feels very safe in that group. So I would highly recommend that to anyone who's looking to get into tech or is in tech and is a woman. Yeah, Diana and I are both in a couple of different women empowering groups on Facebook. And like you said, they are very safe places and and you can give as much detail or as little detail as you want to and get as loads of positive feedback. And I love it. Yes, I find that women are very encouraging of each other. There are places where we can encourage each other, but like we met sort of on Girl Boss. That's a great community as well. And I just love Facebook groups now. It's like I'm always looking for a new group to join. Yes, I love all the different Facebook groups. There's a Facebook group for everything. And Girl Boss is um, a really, really great platform. And I've gotten to meet a lot of amazing women through that and find a lot of great opportunities to meet other people. So you mentioned that you joined this marketing group um, fairly recently and kind of during this pandemic time frame. How has it been working remotely and doing everything virtual with your your colleagues? Yeah, it has been quite interesting. Um, All of the onboarding and hiring for my job, it was all virtual. I have never met anyone on my team in person and I've only met them virtually over video. That was definitely very interesting. Um, And the role was not meant to be remote, obviously, um, but it has turned into remote for now. I will say that I have a really great team and everyone is super communicative. And um, we have a lot of, you know, touch bases between the different departments and everything. And we are relying heavily on Slack to communicate So I feel like I'm able to stay in touch with everyone pretty easily. Now, is Slack just messaging or is it also video calls? Slack is just messaging. It's almost like AIM, but for your coworker. Yes, I've used it before. It's very fun, actually. I find myself not using it for work half the time, so... (laughs) <laughs> it's really great. Um, it's fun. You can send like gifts and emojis and everything. And um, it's really, really easy just to be able to quickly kind of IM someone and ask a quick question rather than sending a whole long email. Yeah. Yeah, that's very nice. So you haven't had to experience any of the awkward moments of video chatting with one of your colleagues not wearing pants or doing some other activity in the background. I read a article the other day that said about 10% of people are attending video calls right now without pants on. 
And um, I haven't done that myself. I have not yet experienced someone doing that yet. Um, But I'm sure there's people out there who are secretly doing it. And I wish them the best. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I don't run into them. I I can't take that risk of possibly standing up to grab something off my countertop and flashing everybody. That's that's too much. Now, I want to touch back to the mental health. That's very important to me. And I'm a strong advocate for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Why is mental health so important to you? And have you seen it improving in the workplace? Because back when I was doing regular jobs, I would find my mental health suffered. Do you find that it's much better now in the offices? Or does it depend the industry? I think it does depend on the industry and the culture of your company. And for example, if you're in a co-working space and there's a lot of different types of companies in there um, with different teams and different cultures, I think in a co-working space, you will see teams where they're a lot more relaxed and they're able to come in and leave the office as they need, especially if they have an appointment or maybe they have a family And then there will be other teams where they're expected to be in the office and have that FaceTime with their team. And they're, you know, working late, like 12 hours a day. Or I hear friends that work in different industries and they're telling me that during the busy season, they're at the office until like 2 or 3 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I've never um, personally had to work that late, but I do have different friends here in San Francisco who do tell me stories of that, which I find um, a little shocking. But at least for me, I think um, I'm always going to value having a culture where there's more flexibility. And luckily, I do have a job where I'm able to work extra hours from home after I leave the office as well. So you find that your mental health doesn't suffer in the your work environment? I have had a I have had certain offices or certain work cultures where I think it has suffered. But um, in general, now that I'm at a certain place in my career where I have a bit more of a choice of where I want to work and I know myself better, I'm definitely looking for a place that's going to allow us to have that flexibility or that autonomy. Um, For example, I'm not exactly an early bird in the morning sometimes. And so I don't do well when I have to be at work at a certain time and I'm going to get in trouble if I'm five or 10 minutes later than that. Um, It's not that Mm -hmm. I'm uh, constantly late. It's just sometimes in the morning, you know, you're groggy and there's traffic. Um, So at least for me, I always really value having that flexibility where the team is like, okay, that's fine. Like you're going to come in when you feel like it in the morning within reason. You'll be at the meetings when you need to be. And they're just more trustworthy um, as opposed to having kind Mm -hmm. of like a more shift type of mentality where it's like, oh, you're working exactly from nine to exactly 530. Yeah, that sounds like a, a very positive and supporting environment that you're working in. So that's great. I don't think many others out there have that luxury, but I, I think that's amazing that you have that. So you mentioned that you take meditation breaks during lunchtime. Is there any other tips or tricks that you do to um, keep out of that negative headspace? Um, during the workday, I think if I'm feeling a bit 
like anxious or a bit overwhelmed, which can sometimes happen if I have a lot of projects going on. I do also try to maybe go out of the office for lunch and go eat outside if there's nice weather or just go walk around or perhaps go to the C's candy store and buy myself a box of chocolates, um, those kinds of things. And just forcing myself to step away from my desk and uh, take that like headspace break, I think is really important as well as just um, positive self-talk and like my positive, my positivity journaling and like affirmation journaling really helps to set my day up for a good note. Yeah. Journaling and affirmations seem to be a common trend amongst the empowered women that we have on this podcast. So I think that's, that's a good takeaway from this episode for sure. And where can everyone find you on socials besides your website? Yeah, on Instagram, I am cosmic underscore underscore cacti. And on Pinterest, it is uh, Taylor M. Lynn. Is there anything from your side, Taylor, that we haven't that we haven't touched on that you want our listeners to hear or learn? Oh, yes. Um, I'd love to add a little bit more about um, the positivity and like the affirmation journaling. Um, Yeah, just for me, I think that the positivity and affirmation journaling, um, what it has done for me is just to force me to listen to myself and to have that positive self-talk. And it's also helped me to um, ignore anyone who maybe they have a different opinion of what I'm doing or they're telling me that I can't reach my dreams or anything like that. There are sometimes people like that out there, um, family or friends or strangers. And so I think that forcing yourself every day to have a positive self-talk time, whether it's meditation or journaling, that's super important just to help you be able to ignore any kind of negativity, basically. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was very nice having you on the show. Thank you, ladies, both for having me. Well, it was great having Taylor on the show. I really enjoyed her routine and her mantra for having good affirmations and talking about positivity. Yeah, it was nice to hear how she's able to balance out her daytime job also with her content creation side, while still having time to deal with self-care and um, just just taking care of the mind, body, soul. Yes, I totally agree with you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share our podcast. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace.